Hello. Welcome to this week's episode of the Empowered Artist Collective podcast. My name is Jennifer Appleshe-Her, and I am particularly excited today because this episode is our 30th episode. Y'all, we have been doing this for 30 episodes. When I think back to when this was just an idea and the fact that you keep coming back and listening, that we have had 30 incredible guests talking about a whole slew of topics that relate to what it means to be an artist and a human and empower us to continue expanding ourselves, our artistry, and our communities. I'm so overwhelmed by all of that, as you can probably hear in my voice. And while I usually do this at the end of the episode, this is my ask of you all, especially those of you who have been tuning in week after week. In addition to liking and following this podcast wherever you stream, would you give us the 30th episode gift of leaving us a positive review? I cannot begin to express how important this is in podcast land and how doing so will allow this podcast to get into other ears of like-minded individuals who are looking for this type of content. So not only are you giving us this wonderful gift in this positive review, but you are also expanding this community, which is really what this is all about to begin with. If that feels like too much of an ask, then a smaller gift, but an equally wonderful gift, would be to send an episode from this podcast to a friend, a family member, somebody else you think might enjoy it who has yet to listen. You can do that via a social media post and tag us. You can do that via a text, a lovely phone call. I'm not going to tell you how to talk to your people, but simply sharing an episode with your people also makes a huge, huge difference. And for that, we over here at the Empowered Artists Collective would be incredibly grateful. So now that you've heard that whole spiel, thank you in advance. And let me introduce this week's guest. This week, I got to talk to talent manager Chi-Chian Yanwu, who is one of the realest people in this industry. In this episode, Chi-Chi shares her journey to becoming a talent manager, what it is like working with her in this capacity, and the makings of a successful client-manager relationship. Chi-Chi gives tons of tools for submitting, social media, branding. She also shares the importance of taking one's power back, collaborating, and simply focusing on doing the work. So if you are somebody who currently has reps in a managerial form, or you are thinking about trying to get a manager, or you've just been wondering what it means to work with representation generally, this episode is for you. Enjoy. Hi, Chi Chi. How are you? Hey, hey. Thanks for having me, Jennifer. (laughs) Oh my God. I'm so grateful that you're here. Um, For... The listener, who are you today in the space? My name is Chichi Ayawu. I am a talent manager and I am based in New York City. I am a new time business owner. I launched my company at the start of COVID. So it's been about two years and some months. So my company is still fairly new. Before then, I worked at a small boutique talent management company that mainly represented directors, writers, um, and a few actors, not a lot, but it mainly re- represented talent from behind the scenes. Um, so I will say it was definitely a good stepping stone in terms of me learning how the business works and making contacts. Um, but I will say when I did start my company, I solely am focused on acting talent for, for theater, television, and film. Um, outside of talent management, I also do some teaching. Just taught today, I'm teaching at the new school in a entrepreneurship class. And then I'm also teaching at Stone Street Studios. And it's a, kind of like a guest teacher doing scene study classes for them. 
Um, and then also, in my spare time, I also do some audience consultant work. So I'm working on a show uh, called Death of a Salesman. So I'm doing some audience work for them. We have some community nights coming up in September. Uh, and I post codes all over like social media and Facebook and have an ease, uh, an email newsletter blast as well where I send like affordable tickets to shows. And it's usually shows um, that are written by uh, Black playwrights because I am trying to promote diversity for off-Broadway and also Broadway shows. Yeah. I must say social media has its pros and cons and I imagine we can Mm -hmm. talk more about that too. But Mm -hmm. your social, I'm just going to like plug it for anybody who doesn't follow it. Your social is so helpful and resourceful. Mm -hmm. You really do. It's not just like lip service of love, but you literally are giving Mm -hmm. tools and resources all the time. And as an artist and actor myself, I'm always Mm -hmm. like, what is Chi Chi saying? (laughs) But like in the best way, and it doesn't feel like, like lecturing. It's just like as an asset and, and like here, this is what's happening. Did you know? And just, so I just want to thank you for that because it really actually is very helpful and also just the way in which, for me, I want to be a part of this community that feels mm-hmm. like lifting each other up in a way that is genuinely supportive. Um, it's it's also really cool to hear um, how many hats you wear. Yeah. It's, <laughs> and it's, I do a little bit of everything, basically. Truly. <laughs> truly the most. Well, mm-hmm. I want to know a little bit more about what made you get into this part of the industry to begin with. And maybe just like a little bit about who you are as a human before we even get into the field. Yeah, so I got my start doing casting. Uh, my first job out of school was working as a casting intern for Laura Stanzik, mm-hmm. who did a lot of Broadway musicals, but she also was a resident casting director at that time for the McCarter Theater. So that was literally my first job um, out of school. I wasn't quite sure what I wanted to do, honestly. I don't. I didn't know if I wanted to be a stage manager or work in publicity, but I knew I wanted to do something entertainment. So I actually applied everywhere. I researched all the top companies across the country. I applied at uh, fellowships for the Goodman, for Steppenwolf, Philadelphia Theater Company, Wanna Street Theater. And I got called back for a few places, but I would say McCarter was the first place to offer me a casting internship. Mm -hmm. And the beautiful thing about McCarter, I don't know if they still do it today, um, but they actually house all the interns. So I was sharing like a four bedroom home in Princeton, New Jersey. And we lived there for about 10 months. They paid for our housing (laughs) and paid us a a modest stipend. But we also had opportunities to also like work behind the scenes to make extra money. I, I did some house managing for them. Wow. I also ushered. I worked as a bartender. I worked in the company store. So I will say, even though I was an intern, it actually really gave me another level of respect for all the all the people who yeah. you know, put the, you know bring theater together. Because there's just so many different hats in a theater. It's not only about the actors or the directors, but it's like it's a whole house team that's also like making sure that like patrons are happy before they even get to see the show. So yeah. it just made me just respect um, what everyone what everyone does in the theater, you know? Mm-hmm. And even when I was doing casting, when I moved to New York, I, you know, I wasn't sure if casting was quite what I wanted to do, but, you know, I kind of just kind of fell into it because I knew that I had a passion for nurturing and developing talent. So I was like, mm-hmm. I wasn't sure if, okay, maybe it's casting because I love working with actors and I love giving people, you know, feedback. And also I've kind of always been someone who's shared resources. Even when I was in college, when people needed to find information about auditions, I would send auditions yeah. to my friends and even with events, like I like to also like plan events, you know? So I just wasn't quite sure how to like make that into a career. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't until I think it was um, I had a few friends who had actually had gotten jobs because I had like recommended them for some jobs, you know, mm-hmm. and I and I thought about, oh, I have people who 
I'm already giving jobs to, but mm. I'm not making off of it. I'm not making mm-hmm. money off of this. I'm yeah, giving yeah. my friends jobs <laughs> and I'm not making any money. I was like, oh, let me figure out what that is when you're giving people jobs. Yeah. yeah. So I felt I kind of fell into working as an agent assistant because I have a few friends who referred me to their agents because I literally was like helping them get jobs and they already had agents. So I was helping wow. them get jobs. Um, and they already had, you know, agencies. So I got an assistant job that was referred to um, at a smaller boutique agency. But the only thing is, I will say when I was at the agency, I did like it, but it felt a bit overwhelming because uh, my boss had so many clients, mm. you know. So I thought about, oh, you know what? I liked talking to uh, the managers over the phone. I felt like the managers were very chill. It yeah. seemed like a lot of the managers had like a smaller roster. And I felt like for my personality and, you know, since I was really about kind of taking the time to get to like know my clients. And I also, and I also always had a passion for like branding and like marketing. I thought that management was going to be kind of more for my speed in terms of like keeping it like more smaller and more about kind of like the, the long-term career goals, as opposed yeah. to like, kind of like the quick money gigs. Um, so I kind of, you know, transitioned to, to management probably a few years after working as like an agency assistant. Um, and I kind of just kind of stuck with manage- management. I felt, I felt that I was, you know, you know, kind of, found my calling, but also just, you know, a job that I also felt like I was really good at. Yeah. But I also tried to see a lot. I would go to a lot of shows. I would go to a lot of showcases and I would also like recruit people um, as well. And I started off having about three clients that my boss had given me when I got promoted. And one of the clients actually landed a series regular and he worked with us for almost like one year. Yes. And he got a regular, you know, so that was like my like, you know, sign that, oh, I'm, I know what I'm doing. I'm doing something mm-hmm. where I got someone who had barely any experience a series regular after only having like one one on camera credit, you know. Wow. So that was kind of my first taste of like success and like, oh, I could actually do this as opposed to like, you know, thinking if I should, you know, go to other areas. Cause you know, mm-hmm. at the end of the day, unfortunately, when you're doing management, it doesn't necessarily pay as much as you would like it to until your clients are actually really making money and they're consistently booking. It just takes time to really make a, a substantial income from the management. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's so fascinating to hear you migrate between all these things because, and we've had different um, people on this podcast already talk about this. Like in mm-hmm. our Danny Barlow episode, we talk about theater management and just how no one really, like, it's a huge part of the infrastructure of this industry, the back end, the behind the scenes and how it all mm-hmm. functions. But no, there isn't really the education for people to be like, oh, let's try this in my university space or mm-hmm. let's try this as I grow up to have an internship until you kind of, you're like, wait, I'm really good at this part of the thing. Where do mm-hmm. I go? And it seems like you were so intentional about this is what feels good. How can I continue seeking out the spaces mm-hmm. that allow me to foster that within myself? Um, and I would imagine the casting position, the internship, the assistant job, like all of this informs the way that you now are a manager. Like I think mm-hmm. having all of those, I would imagine having all those hats prior is only strengthening the fact that while you're in this particular position, you're like, oh, I've known and seen all of these other spaces. Exactly. Also. Yeah. yeah. I feel like they all kind of help each other. Like even when I'm working in my audience consultant work, I'm, I'm coming in contact with producers and directors yeah. and all these people that I'm meeting that it's really also just helping my company be known and also helping yeah. my clients get work. Cause I'm meeting Broadway producers. She's like, Oh, let me take a look at your company's website and take a look yeah. at your clients, you know? So everything kind of goes hand in hand, you know? Yeah. And even the contacts that I made at the McCarter theater, like almost like 12, 13 years ago, or, are folks who are like either hiring my clients or collaborating with my clients Yay. now. And you just never know. Like yeah. even like, even a small internship, I did a small internship in, in New York for uh, a casting company. And like that same cast director, like hired three of my clients on a new television Amazing. show that he's working on. Amazing. So like, 
you just never know. You never know with the content that you just make over the years, how it's going to help your career, you know? Yeah. I love that. Well, let's break it down for somebody who's listening. Cause I think there's a little bit of a misunderstanding of a manager's responsibility versus say an agent's responsibility, mm-hmm. or when you have both in conjunction with each other and how that partnership works. Let's kind of talk about that land for a little bit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we do a little bit of everything, honestly. I feel like back in the day, like the manager's sole job was to advise and guide and we weren't allowed to negotiate contracts. We were allowed to find actors work, but now it's the line is kind of blurred, you know, and also technically uh, agents are mandated by the union. So like they have to be licensed. They can't take more than 10%. Um, they also are negotiating contracts. Um, so managers in a way they can actually take they change their percentages. Some managers make 15%, some managers make 20% mm-hmm. because we're not really mandated by the union. We don't have to get licensed um, as managers. So the only thing is, is kind of like, you do have to make sure that you also do more of that research before you even bring on a manager. Because, at, you know, I do think that we do a lot of what the agent does, mm-hmm. but we also kind of help with more like the developmental work and like the career branding. And, you know, even when I talk to my clients, it's really about like, what are your short-term goals? What are your long-term goals? And really like taking the time to make sure that they're like moving in the right direction. Cause sometimes I do collaborate with, with agents and the agents are more so they just want to make money. Like for instance, I have a client who 35 years old and his agent was submitting him for like an 18 year old. And like my client also isn't right for that. He's 35 years old. He also doesn't sing, but okay. because he's a certain ethnic group oh we submit let's submit him but like he's not actually right for that that's also not his goal to do musical theater like he's never done musical theater before right yeah so it's also about being as specific what the client's goals are and making sure that like we're focusing on projects that are going to help them meet their goal like if they're trying to be a series regular tomorrow tour is not going to help them so even just having another voice that can also help to advocate for the client because i will say there are some i don't know what for whatever reason i think some uh, actors are just nervous in terms of turning down auditions or, you know, they don't want to rough any feathers. So I think even with having a manager, it also helps to like, you know, empower the client, also have another person kind of fight for you when you're like mm. too nervous to kind of stand up to your agent. Sometimes we also do have to be the liaison between you and your agent sometimes and making sure mm. that we're on the same page. You know, I have one good friend um, who I'm working with and, you know, in the back of my mind, I'm like, he doesn't actually need me. Like he's super yeah. successful. He's been on Broadway, been a series regular, but he really wanted me on because he trusts me. He trusts that, you know, someone else is going to have his back and not have it only be about like the numbers. Like he really wants someone who's like helping him pick the right projects and like, you know, making sure that he's involved with things that are going to like continue to grow his kind of been successful already, you know? Yeah. And this is something as small as, you know, once you even negotiate the contract, it doesn't really stop at, the negotiations and done like oh where is he staying at you know we talk about hospitality you know the contract's going to include a car because sometimes there's like little extra like hospitality touches that i'm always thinking about because it's also about like we want we want to make sure that our client's comfortable yeah. as opposed to it just being about the numbers right so i'm also about like oh if he's working at 12 hour shoot is he going to want to wait for an uber or is right. he going to want a car at night you know what i mean so just like the little touches i think that a lot of managers are focused on in terms of like really being that that advocate for the for the client. Yeah. Do you find that there are certain I don't mean necessarily like the names of agents, but certain types of agents that you vibe with more in a partnership in terms of the style of communication that you have with them? Mm-hmm. What Yeah, is- I like working in a team. Like because I'm a new company, like I much prefer most of my clients to have agents. Why? Because I'm still growing, I'm still developing as a, a new business leader, mm-hmm. you know, and I do have a lot more on my plate than when I was working at someone else's management company. Like I'm now also 
overseeing the business and making sure that my bookkeeper is doing things in order. And like there's yeah. so many things that I'm also courting as a business leader, as opposed to just pitching my clients and getting them in the door. Um, so I like it when folks have like agents who are also working just as hard as I am. Cause I do think, you know, back in the day, since, you know, we weren't even allowed to like get auditions for appointments. I do want agents who can really like do the work as well in terms of getting clients into good rooms or getting them into spaces that maybe like, let's say I don't have a contact at this top, you know, casting company. I'm expecting the agent to kind of like pull the weight and also right. like follow through on projects, you know, cause sometimes I do feel like, you know, we do not saying we do work harder, but sometimes it feels like we're working longer hours, you know? Mm. And this is something as small as like, we had a client that needed to change his um, his room in a, an apartment. Cause I guess there, there was like a loud subway noise and like even just kind of being on the phone with company manager management and, you know, yeah. kind of like working, you know, around the clock. Sometimes there's some agents who are kind of just like, punch out a clock and they're good, you know? So managers, we're kind of always kind of there to kind of troubleshoot. And, you know, even now I'm trying to learn boundaries because it is harder in terms of like, you know, we're not going to say no to our client. If they need help with something, I'm going to, yeah. you know, make that call at 11 o'clock at night. Um, yeah. But I do feel like sometimes we are kind of like doing kind of almost above and beyond what mm. we're called to do to kind of help support the client. Yeah. Yeah. Well, let's talk about clients. Let's talk about mm -hmm. If you had to pick an ideal client, like what mm -hmm. exactly is that for you communication wise? How did they mm -hmm. reach out? How are you talking on the daily or weekly or monthly? What is that for you in an ideal world? If you're like, this is the embodiment of what I, how I love to work with my Yeah. Clients. I just like strong communication. You know, I think there's a lot of folks are just doing a lot of like, uh, it's almost like, I don't want to use the word trauma, but it's almost like because they had bad experiences with like their previous uh, reps it's like they're a bit kind of just strange communication wise in terms of, you know, not actually being honest in terms of how they feel or being nervous about turning down certain auditions. And, mm. you know, people have told me that like in the past, they'd had reps that like yelled at them or cursed at them or like really bullied them into like taking certain auditions. But, you know, I want my clients to feel comfortable. I never want them to feel like they're going to let me down because they can't yeah. do this audition. Like one client's like, yeah, I'm not really feeling well. I'm sick, but I'm going to do this audition. I'm like, Hey, do you want me to call casting and get an extension? Take right. care of yourself. Let me get an extension. Don't like yeah. try to hurt yourself because you're trying to get in this audition. Let's just get you an extension, you know? Yeah. So I never want to feel like people are like on pins and needles because they're nervous about, you know, asking me a question about something. You know, mm -hmm. I, I try to make sure that I'm as approachable and accessible as possible because I never want it to be, you know, in a situation that you don't feel comfortable talking to me. You know, I do feel like with any relationship, it's almost like you're dating, like you're getting to know each other. You're getting to feel if like, if we're the right fit, because it, you know, I do see a lot of talent out there, a lot of talented people, but sometimes people are just not the right fit. It could be a personality thing. It could be energy. Like I have a few clients that unfortunately I had to let go because like the personalities that they just didn't gel with mine, you know, yeah. I'm, I'm pretty easygoing. I'm very much just kind of about the work. You know, there are some personalities that are kind of a bit over the top or a bit demanding, you know what I mean? Or just like the energy is just off, you know? Yeah. And I feel like if the energy is off, like, I don't know if, if I can even trust you on set because your energy is off with me. So mm. are you going to be okay on set? You know? So I get nervous about certain clients who are just very temperamental, like loose cannons, you know? Mm. Um, so I, I also try to work with people who are also like, you know, not saying you have to be like, you know, I don't know, always easygoing. Like, I don't, you know, you can definitely always ask for what you need. Um, but at the same point, it's also like people who are also realistic about the goals, realistic about what also can be offered. Because I think sometimes people, you know, have a bad habit of comparing themselves to their friends. You know, I had mm -hmm. one client that asked me about like, how come you didn't get an appointment for a project? 
because his friend got an appointment at a similar time. Like, actually, your friend looks like he's like 20 years old and you're like mid to late 30s. Like, I don't mm. understand how you're comparing yourself to your friends. So I also want people who also have a good sense of who they are, their branding, their type. Like, like yeah. I always try to have these conversations in the beginning so we're on the same page. But there's this thing about people always kind of comparing other people's journey. But, you know, everyone literally is different. Even if you think you're the quote unquote type, your essence is completely different, right? Yeah. Some people bring off a certain kind of maturity that's like, you might not be able to play 20s anymore, unfortunately, when yeah. you're about 36, because you just give off a more mature energy, you know? Yeah. So there's folks who are flexible with that. Like I have a few clients who are just like, they're kind of in that cusp between like late, like late 20s, early 30s, but they're just down for whatever, you know, mm-hmm. as long as they kind of, you know, if they needed to, if they need to be like clean shaven, they'll be clean shaven. If they need to look like they're a little bit mature, they're just, they're just so flexible. So I, mm-hmm. I tend to work well with folks who are, her flexible as opposed to kind of trying to like put limits on herself or not quite sure in terms of like who they are as an actor. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I, I, I need people who are just a little bit easier to work with that, you know, has a good understanding in terms of how the industry is, you know? Yeah. There's, yeah. I don't remember whose phrase this is or whatever, mm-hmm. but I, I feel like over the past couple of years, especially with COVID, I've really tried to lead into this, which is mm-hmm. the idea that you are the average of the five people you spend the most time with. Mm-hmm. And it's like, this isn't saying the people you like, this isn't saying the people you vibe with. It's like, if Mm -hmm. you spend five hours a day commuting on a bus and there's like a terrible person sitting next to you, you've just Mm -hmm. spent five hours of your energy with this, with this energy next to you. And then that becomes part of your, your, your energy for that day. If you have a coworker that you have to sit next to, you know? And so this idea of if one is able to, in any way that is in their control, Mm -hmm. like take ownership of the types of people and frankly, energy you surround Mm -hmm. yourself with, mm-hmm. then you're only going to be able to support those people that you want to give your energy towards in the best way that you possibly can. And I feel like there's something really beautiful to be said about there is no bad energy. It's just there's the energies that vibe with you and vice versa. Exactly. And when will this be like a symbiotic moment where it's like we we kiki, you find your people and then you get to thrive together. Exactly. Um, and I feel like hearing you talk about that is a very different way than like, cool, I see the ways in which I can make money and I'll tolerate the ways in which you exist. That's real. I was talking to my sister about that the other day in terms of like trying to understand, you know, the, the business aspect of like who actually will make money and am I okay with working with someone who I'm not as excited about yep. because they can make money. And she made comments like, you kind of have to, you know, mm-hmm. like there are going to be some people who like, you might not even think that they're the best actor, but there's some people, there are certain types of this book. You Correct. know, I turned down one girl who was, I felt bad. She's had a, her voice is just so irritating to me. She talked like she was like a baby. Yeah. She had this little like whiny baby voice. She sent me this reel that was just like, it looked like it was like in her bathroom, just like really bad. But yeah. homegirl got recurring, right? Wow. And she's with one of the top agencies out there. And it's like, what do you do in that case? Like, but she was beautiful, right? She was yeah. beautiful. She was stunning. She's a great quote unquote type. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's also just like, how do you handle that when someone's like very developmental, yeah, like literally like acting one-on-one, but just like stunning, right? Yeah. So I'm like, am I just going to work with a couple of models who are not good, but you know, so just like, that's a part of the industry too. Like, I also want to always have people that I'm excited about. I'm excited yeah. about their talent, but there is a side of the industry that like, and happened with me a couple of times that I like, turn out someone now they're in this series like and these are people who are very raw you know but it's just like I guess acting also is also kind of very finical like sometimes when things are made for you they're made for you whether or not you're the best actor or not I know one young man who like 
no credits at all, is now in one of the basketball shows. Yeah. And he just, because he's a tall man, then they need basketball players. Now he's as great recurring, right? Yeah. So this industry is very random sometimes. Literally. Yeah. And I think that's what's yeah. so hard too, right? You can know what you're worth and you can you could have that sense of mm-hmm. self and you can have your materials. And even then you might not find your reps that you think you quote unquote deserve or whatever that is, or the part that you think is your part, you know, there really is no rhyme or reason for so much of it. And I think that is what can be very infuriating for many. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the ups and downs of all of that, of writing the fact it's like, well, I've done all this work or I've prepared myself mm-hmm. in this way and it's still not opening these doors or getting me these things. Mm-hmm. But I think also just remembering that everyone is going through that. Like it's yeah. not just this own isolated bubble that you're like, it's only me. No, no. Yeah. <laughs> it's like so everyone. Yeah. Well, I'm curious for the people that you have currently on your roster, obviously maybe you do have one or two of those people that you're like, you're a moneymaker and I tolerate this. But <laughs> for the ones that you have that you're really stoked about, what right now would you say I mean, you don't have to get into specifics necessarily, but like, what are some of those moments for you that you're like, I'm feeling the the momentum with this, or this is getting me really excited seeing this client in development and now, like, what has been that journey? Yeah, I think the best thing is just seeing folks who are just kind of making like the small wins, like they're getting a co-star here, recurring here, and just seeing that like gradual build, you know, because yeah. I think sometimes people have this thing about like, they want that big role that's going to change their life, that series regular but I don't know, sometimes it's also the small wins that you like appreciate more. You know what I mean? Even if it's something like a small recurring, but it is something that like, hey, remember when we had like no credits at all? Remember when it was just theater? But now you have like four nice credits on like various networks and these cast workers love your work. Yeah. So I also liked, you know, I also just always like the journey. You know, I love the journey of, of, of the working with these artists who are more developmental and just kind of seeing them grow. Mm-hmm. Um, because sometimes it's also about like, okay, of course, you know, we all want to make money, right? Pay the bills. But it's, it's kind of worthwhile when you're also seeing, you know, how they started with like very few credits and now they're, they have this amazing reel. Like I, even yeah. when I made one of my clients reel, I'm like, oh my God, remember we just, we just had self tapes. How was your reel? Your reel was a whole self tape of a reel, but now you have all these beautiful credits. So yeah. I really like that part. That part of the journey is really nice. Amazing. Just, May I ask how many clients, I mean, obviously you said you started with a few, but like from the start of 20- 20, I guess it's 2020. It's wild. Also, that we, let's talk yeah. about that in a second. Let's put a pin in the that you started mm-hmm. this in COVID. But from the start of the 2020 moment until now, how many clients did you have, and how many do you have now? I think I started off with I started off with a lot of clients. I think I shouldn't have done that. I think uh, I probably should have worked off my way small. But I don't know. I think I just there's something about like I felt the need to ha- acquire more folks because mm-hmm. it's like starting the company. I need to get you know start making money. Uh, so I think I took on, I think I started off with about like 20 or 22 clients, I believe okay. at the beginning, which is just like, I don't know what I was thinking. I should start off with like 10. I have one friend who literally has 10 clients. I'm like, that's my dream. Yeah. Wow. And they're all like working. They're all successful. And they're all working. She's a lot yeah. of comp, she has a lot of comedians and stuff like that. Um, but you know, now I have 35 to so go from like 2022 and now it's 35. And it's yeah. like, Ooh, this is a, this is a big number, you know, but yeah. it's so interesting. I have some friends who also have like twice as more than I have. And they're also managers. So it's also just like, oh, there's some managers who also like have a lot of folks, but I guess it kind of just depends, you know? Yeah. Well, how was it starting right before the pandemic? Cause you didn't just start your, you didn't just start a whole new thing. You started mm-hmm. it in the most volatile of times. What was that yeah. like? It was intense. You know, I, I will say if I can go back, I think I would have waited mm-hmm. cause it was just like, I don't know why I just felt kind of like, there was kind of like a fire under me because I also had all these clients who were kind of like, you know, even though I had, I'd gotten laid off from the previous job because of COVID, 
But there was all these clients who were kind of just like, where are you going? Let me know where you go. So it's almost like I, I felt the pressure because like I wanted to hold on to these clients, yeah. you know, because I knew that they were, you know, they either were let go from the other company or they didn't necessarily want to go to like stay with the other company. So I felt that pressure kind of like, oh, let me get together. I want to keep my clients. I want to get more clients or the people who also I, were t- I was talking to um, before the pandemic that I really wanted to work with, you know. So I just kind of felt that need to kind of start so I don't like lose a handful of people yeah. that I wanted to work with. Um, but it definitely was slow. Like it was, was, it was kind of scary. Like luckily I had gotten um, a grant from American Express and then I also did a really great fundraising campaign. So I raised a lot of capital. So that was like, you know, good to start. But at the end of the day, I'm like, I still got to make money, you know? Yeah. So it did take a while for us to really start to make money. You know, it's still kind of steady right now, but the goal is to really, you know, have a lot more folks who are kind of booking more work consistently. Yeah. Um, but during the during COVID, it was like it was kind of like, oh my God, where are the auditions? What's happening? But now I'm yeah. like nonstop auditions. And now I'm just like, oh, I have I have to hire interns now because like it's a lot of auditions are coming in, which is really good. Yes. So do you yeah. feel like most of your clients are venturing into TV and film land? Do you feel like you kind of acquire them when that is their main focus? Are you do you like to split their time? Is it more of a conversation to see what they are interested in? What is the TV film slash theater? Well, most about? of my clients honestly were mainly like theater, you know, yeah. because of COVID. They've all, a lot of them have transitioned uh, transition to television and film. So the folks who normally had gotten music leader or gotten, you know, were mostly getting theater bookings. Now they've been getting like some some guest stars, some recurring, some co-star bookings mm-hmm. here and there. And I also had a young man who like tested for a pilot and he yes. came some musical theater, you know. Um, so with that said, uh, they do a little bit, they do everything, you know, everyone's different. I do have some clients who are not as focused with theater. They want to focus on on camera. Um, but again, I think everyone's kind of different, but I do try to submit folks for everything if they can. I love theater. So I also tell folks like theater is also a good way to get more television and film cast members familiar with their work. If you get, you know, get to the show in New York, I can also get an opportunity to also invite, uh, the film television cast members to come see their work. So I definitely always encourage them to do theater if they can, especially in New York. Yeah. In terms of um, people, when they submit themselves to you and your office, what do you like to see? What do you like an email to say? What do you like the submissions to include or not? Yeah. So it's so funny. In my class today, uh, they were asking me, like, I don't even know what to say in the email. What do I mm-hmm. say in my cover letter? I'm like, just keep it sweet. Is like I, I think people overthink emails for some reason. I'm not sure what it is. Like, one girl literally gave me like her whole life story. Another girl told me that some director was trying to hit on her. I'm like, people are just doing too much in these yeah. emails. Just like do a brief four to six sentence, who you are, any recent projects, any upcoming projects. Here's my headshot resume in real. Hope you like the work. Like it's just to keep it simple, you know? Yeah. Um, I, I get it because we, t- we, we want to be seen and people do all this like gimmicky things. Like one girl's like, I'm a cross between Jennifer Aniston and, you know, uh, this actress. I'm just like, just be yourself. Who, who yeah. cares who you look like, who you're across, or what type are you? Just kind of like submit your materials, get straight to the point, because we're also very busy. We're busy, right. you know, submitting our own clients, pitching. So we, do, we don't have time to read long emails. We just want to see your work at the end of the day. Yeah. You know, people have been getting in this weird, I don't know what it is. Like, people have been, like, I guess maybe asking uh, if we're, like, uh, maybe acquiring. Like, they, they're asking if, if you're looking for, like, new clients before they're submitting their materials. I just, I also just like people to, like, just send your materials. Like, you don't have to kind of do this kind of like back and forth. But I guess sometimes people people don't necessarily want to waste your time submitting, but I would just submit your materials and see what happens, you know, yeah. as opposed to sending these inquiry emails or sending email about like, oh, how do I get started in the industry? Or like, 
just make sure you have your materials and have that headshot, have that resume, have that reel. If you don't have a reel, have maybe like two or three acting links from auditions. Mm-hmm. Um, but materials are definitely everything. I think some people don't know that like that's probably one of the most important things when you're submitting to representation. You have to have your materials. You can't submit something. And um, I don't know. I don't even know if you can act or not. Like headshot and resume is not enough for me personally. Like I need to see, you know, recent auditions. I need to see reels. Um, so just make sure you have that like strong like pitch package together. Yeah. Do you prefer things sent via, and I guess this is also for auditions, though, obviously it depends on the casting director, but do you prefer things, you know, via YouTube, Vimeo, WeTransfer, do you, Google Drive, like, is there a certain- I like Drive or Vimeo or Dropbox. I don't know what it is. I don't like to download stuff. I feel like it's annoying when I'm like, and it also makes you feel like people are spying on me because I know with WeTransfer, you can actually like, you know, people are like downloading. I'm like, can you just send me the link? (laughs) Whenever you're ready. But yeah, I, I like to just look at links as opposed to like downloading stuff. And also you don't know if someone's downloading and there's like a virus Spam. Or something like that, you mm-hmm. know what I mean? so you just got to be careful yep. like you download. yeah and also like there's only so much room on your computer at this point and i would imagine exactly. with your clients oh coming in I yeah my computer soon it's getting out of control for real no i have the same thing i'm like do i have <laughs> yeah. the space and do i need to upgrade and how does this work mm-hmm. um when you when you work with your clients specifically on auditions that come through are you hand holdy in terms of the way in which they they put themselves on tape or is it more just like you trust them to do their work and then if something needs to come back you are going to be like hey can you if you change this yada 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 um here's the thing i i try not to this something weird happened before like i'm very delicate when it comes to giving feedback if that makes sense because mm-hmm. this one time i gave feedback and it just was took it the complete wrong way you know and i gave feedback in a way that was trying to help elevate my client next thing i know i got dropped you know what I mean? Yeah. And the sad part is, I'm going to bring this up. It's funny because I just got a text message from the person that dropped me. Uh, we're still friends to this day. Yeah. Because eventually when you rep your clients, they become your friends and they, yeah. they become your family. Yeah. But um, there was a situation that he was auditioning for a musical. It's dancing. Yeah. This is a client who did not do musical theater, who never did Broadway before. But agents who are thinking about, oh, he fits a quote unquote type. Mm-hmm. And not really about like how this actually best showcase what my client can do. They get caught up in like submitting them for the box. Yeah. Mm-hmm. As opposed to like, what can our client actually do? Is this actually going to be good branding? Mm-hmm. And the ironic part is like, the client can't dance. And I'm just like, hold on, what's happening here? And then his agent, it's weird because I, he's almost like a, sometimes there's like a bad cop, good cop. This is an example of like, when we're not on the same page with agents. And you definitely will also want to be on the same page with, with agents. And now I actually learned, this is like years ago at an old management company I was with. Now, if I'm having a conversation with the agent, I take off the client because it's not really about us going back and forth. I think the thing that had gotten me into trouble, I was going back and forth and the client was on the emails and the client didn't appreciate it. So it's also about like, let's touch base as agent and manager and like talk about what we're doing as opposed to getting the call and vibe and feeling like your parents are arguing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but with that said, you know, it's, it's a funny thing is that like, I got, I got dropped, but it's also like, you never did get that call back. Yeah. Because I was right. You know, but some people, when you get them feedback, it's like, oh, well, you know, you don't believe in me. I'm like, no, like I, I believe in you, but I know what you can do. Like, I know yeah. you, I know what you can do. I know what your goals are. And I was not on the vision board. Yeah. Let's get you into something else that makes sense. You know? Yeah. So I don't know. I feel like there was a situation that like, you know, I do get feedback, but I, you know, certain people I'm noticing are a little bit more delicate than others. You know, mm. there are certain clients that I know that like I can actually give them like real talk, chichi talk. Hey, that's not going to cut it. Mm. Need another take. And other clients are just like, 
what were your choices during that moment? You know what I mean? Like, yeah. as opposed to like, I need to, I need you to redo it. But I talk about choices, like what we were thinking about, you know? So I, the good thing about this time is that like, I get to see every single tape. Back in the day, I, I didn't. I feel like I didn't know how people auditioned in the room. You know, right. I, didn't, I didn't know why, oh, so-and-so's auditioning a lot. Like, why aren't they getting the callbacks? But now I know exactly why they're not getting the callbacks, you know? So yeah. now I can actually pinpoint like, hey, we need a class, yeah? Like, we need a class. You're going in a lot. Nothing's happening. We got to clean some things up. Because yeah. I can see all the tapes coming in. So I do watch every single tape that comes in. I give feedback. Depending on who the client is, I can be delicate. Other times I'm just like a little bit more like, we got to redo this whole thing. It's not tough. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Because sometimes I'll have clients that will be like, they kind of have their own connections and they'll like, maybe they're able to get an appointment because they're, they went through the other connection connection. But here's the thing. You also got to make sure that like, we're on the same page because like there's a situation that like someone got in for a big project, Broadway, they had their own connections, but then it's also just like, Casimir just like, she's not right. You know, mm. or, she, or she needs a class. Right. Mm-hmm. So like, remember that time that like, I told you, you need to find a teacher. We need to work on this before we're submitting for the top, one of the top cast directors in New York, right? So it's really important that you're you're on the same page with your with your rep, with your team. Yeah. But I get it in terms of the antiness, like, I just want to be seen and I think I'm great, but like, you weren't ready. So now you yeah. got to wait a little bit longer because you weren't ready and you went too fast. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. Are there certain classes that you always recommend to people or is it more like hey wherever you're at I think this one might be more specific are there certain yeah it just depends like it's yeah like I love Heidi Marshall mm-hmm. uh Bob Krakauer is really good Terry Knickerbocker Studios mm-hmm. I have a good friend who teaches at um Maddie, uh, Maggie Flanagan mm-hmm. so I usually kind of refer folks that I usually know or I also have a lot of friends who are really dope private coaches like yeah. there are also other actors who just who are like the kings and queens of booking like they just book non-stop where they're recurring guest stars series regulars and they're just really good at just providing audition tips so I also refer them to my clients as well and then of course I have like my list of like vocal teachers um, and even with dialect I just have some clients who are um, international so I also um, have them meet with some dialect coaches for the American accent mm-hmm. um, so yeah I try to provide as many resources as, as I can yeah. um, for my clients because this is important to just set them up for success because it's not only about you getting an audition but like now what? You got to prepare. You got to find a coach. You know, yeah. you got to make sure that you're doing your scene study work. You know, yeah. I've been noticing that with some folks, now that they have so much time to do their own self tapes, there's a lot of kind of like waiting last minute or like if there's not a lot of prep time, I guess, because it's kind of like you can do whatever you want. But now I'm encouraging people to like really work on the scenes early because you can send me the the video ahead of time and I can have more time to send you notes. Or sometimes I'll submit a client earlier than expected and Cassie would be like oh we really like them but can they retape this scene you know so like I always tell people like don't try to wait last minute for some of these appointments try to see if you can really work on it from the beginning get it in where you can because you just never know when you need to kind of redo some some things yeah have you been using the same monologue for years and could use a new piece are you applying to BA BFA or MFA programs and need a monologue for that process Are you someone who simply has no idea where to search for monologues? Well, lucky for you, I do what is called monologue sourcing, in which I find monologues specifically chosen for you. So many artists use pieces based off external labeling for types and roles rather than find pieces sharing who they really are and what speaks to them. So 
we'll meet virtually together. You share who you are as a human, what you love, your dislikes, your values, beliefs, family, friends, love, politics, you name it. I will help guide you through this. And then I go off on my own and find you monologues chosen just for you that fit like a glove. I've been doing monologue sourcing for years as an extension of the coaching I do with artists, and I have found pieces in this way for over hundreds of artists thus far. So if you are someone who wants to feel empowered about the monologues you bring into rooms and use for auditions, I would love to help you find them. And because you are a dedicated listener of the Empowered Artist Collective podcast, I want to provide you with a custom link to an exclusive rate when you check out today. Head to empoweredartistcollective.com slash podcast promo to register. That's empoweredartistcollective.com slash podcast promo right now. I cannot wait to help you find monologues you absolutely adore. You had also touched on, you know, the fact that you were dropped by a client. And I think Mm -hmm. so often as actors or artists, we forget Mm -hmm. that it is a two-way street. But as Mm -hmm. as you mentioned, you know, it's a relationship like anything. And I think, Mm -hmm. you know, so often many folks put reps on a pedestal of like, well, they're going to provide the opportunities and therefore I need – but it's – again, it's this symbiotic moment. Like you make money, they make money. Like, you know what I mean? Like Mm -hmm. we want to be working together and how – yeah, even though you might feel like, oh, my reps are going to drop me, it's also it could be the other way around too. Mm-hmm. I would imagine I, and I, I imagine that also can hurt at some points mm-hmm. when you're like, oh, I've developed you, and I really worked with you, and I love working mm-hmm. with you, and I get it. You're now heading in a different direction, and mm-hmm. also, <laughs> yeah, and it's also you know the thing is it's a two way street with the relationship. Like the same way that you know agents and managers can drop. The clients, you know, clients who drop us as well, you know, so we're all human. Sometimes you also outgrow people, you know, the thing that I'm realizing now that like there may be a time, like even though I I, I do the most, I had one client who I, you know, no longer we kind of like parted ways. Um, and in my mind, like, oh, I thought, you know, I thought I did all the things that you want me to do. I, I got you this guest star. I got you this. You came from this. And sometimes people are just not satisfied, you know, in their mind, they think that they can find someone who can do more. Yeah. But the irony is that like sometimes it's like, you just have to be patient. Sometimes it's not about you finding the, the other agent, the other manager, but it's really about like, sometimes it's going to happen fast for you. Sometimes it's not. It's really about like really making sure that you're also, you know, doing what you need to do as an actor, as opposed to like kind of pointing fingers at like, well, they could be doing more. Right. And sometimes it's just like, I have to let that go. I think when I first, when I was, when I was working at another company, I would take it very like personally. Cause I'm just like, Oh my God, I worked so hard long hours. I thought I did everything right. And like, they're still going to drop us, you know? But that's just what it is. Sometimes people feel like, okay, I've arrived. I'm a series regular. Therefore, I need to I need to get a whole new team, right? Because I've upgraded. But ironically, sometimes when even when you upgrade, you may find yourself out of work for two or three years. I remember seeing a video with um, an African who the, who the actor was. He had booked all these major films, got a whole new fancy team, and then he didn't work for two and a half years. He almost quit acting. Wow. Didn't get book a single single job. Mm-hmm. So you're just like you just never know. Sometimes you think that you're trying to like upgrade your reps. But you just never know what the timing is, you know. Yeah. So I personally think it's good to also work with folks who you've, you know, who have been very loyal and, and working hard towards you. Like, if if you're getting work with these team, like I also feel like, what's the purpose of going to another team, you know? Because yeah. in your mind, you think like the people in Hollywood are with these these four top agencies, but not everyone's doing well at the four top agencies. You know, yeah. not every career is the same. There's only a small percentage of people who are like celebrities and like consistently working actors. But I do yeah. think it's always good to have those strong people who are behind you from the beginning, as opposed to now that you can make a lot of money, we like you. 
yeah. but before we're going to ignore your phone calls. You know what yeah. I mean? So, it's like big fish, small pond or yeah. whatever that, that phrasing is of, mm-hmm. yeah. How do you want that relationship to be set up? Do you mm-hmm. want the fancy label and you might not be the top dog in that? Or do you want yeah. to potentially be said, quote unquote, top dog in a smaller space where somebody's like you, I'm focusing on you and I'm mm-hmm. focusing on your goals and wherever it is that you want, I'm supporting and lifting up. You know, I guess it's, it's not a one size fits all. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I also wonder, I mean, you mentioned this a bit too, you know, I think there is a misnomer about, well, once I get reps, my job as an actor stops in terms of mm-hmm. what I'm doing on my own to hustle and to get into rooms and cultivate these relationships. What do you feel, and I say this word, I tread this word lightly, but like is an actor's responsibility mm-hmm. while still being with representation? Yeah. Well, I just feel like, you know, at the end of the day, like I, me as a manager, I get 10%, the agent gets 10%. So I do feel like you still got to continue the work. Like you yeah. can't think that because I have a team, I can just relax and wait for you to get me appointments. Like, no, you should still either be in class. You should still be doing your research. It's so funny when I ask a client, oh, what are you watching? Oh, I'm not really watching TV. I'm like, homie, you better watch that damn, you know, <laughs> Black Mirror episode. Her Black Mirror is coming back. You know, watch Abbott, Abbott, Abbott Elementary. Mm-hmm. Watch Everything's Trash. Like that is literally your homework. Watch television. How are you going to know these shows that you want auditions for if you're not watching them? You know, mm-hmm. so I do feel like you should always be studying. You should always be knowing. You should like be reading Deadline, Hollywood Reporter, Playbill.com. Like for folks to be like, oh, what's what's happening right now? I'm like, read Playbill.com. There's a lot of mm-hmm. things happening right now. There's a lot mm-hmm. of things happening in, in the entertainment industry. You know, I love it when my clients will literally send me a list. These are the, all the projects I found out about. I think I'm, I'd be right for these four. So on back of my head, my mind, I'm just like, OK, I got to check these projects as opposed to kind of like waiting for like the breakdowns. I'm kind of always like on the hunt. For projects and clients will send me emails about like oh they just saw that a casting announcement or they just saw that this is being developed so i like mm-hmm. folks are actually like reading and letting me know like what you're excited about so yeah okay i know you're excited about this project okay we gotta make sure we gotta get an appointment if i can't get the appointment i'll communicate with the agent checking in to see if they did push a push for it you know yeah um, so it's really about just kind of also doing that work and just knowing what's out there as well and not just like you know waiting on us you know and yeah support. yeah do you find that um Sometimes there are, though, when people send the list of like, I love these things, and then there isn't Mm -hmm. the ability to get in for that, that there is like a level of resentment when it doesn't happen. A little bit. Yeah, Yeah. I can see that, you know, and the sad part is even when I give them feedback, it's like, it's not good enough. They'll be like, like, the part's already cast. Like, well, how come I didn't get it? Like, because it just. They they straight offered, yeah. <laughs> you know, straight <laughs> offered or the writer. Rec- like, I remember I was trying to pitch my client and Cash was like, yeah, we're not really bringing, like, it's literally like we're only bringing a small number that the director wants us to bring in, you know, yeah. they weren't, you know. So that's like the feedback I get sometimes. And sometimes even when you're perfect for it, sometimes we there's nothing we could do. We still can't get the appointment, you know, yeah. which is why it's also always important for you to also put yourself out there. You could also be networking, meeting cast workers on your own. Not saying you have to do the play to, the pay-to-play workshops, but, you know, if there is a cast director, let's say for HBO, that's doing an on-camera class, you know, see if you can do the on-camera class. Because you either way, you're brushing up your on-camera technique anyway, but, like, another opportunity for you to also meet people. There's a ton of festivals that are also happening in New York. You know, I went, went to some events at the Tribeca Film Festival, and I met so many producers and directors and so many industry people were there, you know? And mm-hmm. folks that, like, apparently, like, there are people who like follow me on Facebook. Oh, like, oh, I didn't, I, I don't know who followed me on Facebook, you know? Yeah. So like I made new connections, people who like knew me from the social media, you know, mm-hmm. you just never know also who's already following you. So like you as an artist can also be out there going to events, networking. I know it's kind of weird because it's still COVID time, but there's still ways for you to also like get yourself out there, 
you know, have a business card or have a great social media page where you can also invite people to, you know, get to know you, take a look at your work. Yeah. Um, There's another way for you to also kind of continue to be proactive and not kind of like, how come it's so slow? What's going on? Like, girl, take a class. (laughs) Go to Pilates. I always tell people like, find a hobby. Like, what are you doing? Yeah. Yeah, very That's much so. Slow for you. It's yeah. like, why is it, it should not be slow. Keep yourself busy. Keep yourself yeah. busy in the meantime. I you love know? that. Are there certain, I mean, obviously there's many a site, but do you feel that it's an obligation for an our actor to have, you know, an actor's access, a backstage, a playbill, a casting networks? Like, do you feel like you need all of it? Do you feel like some of them are most important? Which one are you like, this is a non-negotiable? It just depends. I, I feel like with most agents and managers, we have, um, breakdown so actors you have to have access access because it's yeah. connected to breakdown and they usually have like casting networks there's a whole bunch of other things like backstage yeah but the ones that we they definitely need to have is actors access and casting networks because of auditions casting networks is mainly i would say commercials and stuff yes. like print but either way i think those two are the, the main ones but you know i, I can't i don't think it, it, it could hurt to have backstage as well but if you're like not represented i know backstage is really good for people who are not represented or even playbill.com i feel like playbill.com has like some of the same things that are on backstage so for sure there are also a lot of people who are doing a lot of general submissions and they accept tapes. And I have a lot of friends who had actually gotten like callbacks and got cast from things they saw on like Playbill or backstage mm-hmm. self-submissions. You know, sometimes people actually, when they have an agent, they'll self-submit themselves and they can actually get their appointment before their agent can. So yeah. that happens quite a few times, you know. Yeah. That's um, happened to me very recently, actually. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. No disrespect. Like, we, still, we still love y'all. Yeah. But it's kind of <laughs> it's like, like, yeah, Whoops. I did this. And then, oh, you got the appointment? Yeah, because I literally already sent him a tape. <laughs> yeah, it's like a gulp. I guess yep. we should have been on it. Yep. You know, it's sometimes we miss things. You know, yeah. sometimes we miss like I try to be on top of it, but just like, oh damn, I should have followed up, you know, because mm-hmm. that happens too. Well, you submit, you call, but there are times when like there's like a waiting game for certain roles or yeah. maybe these cast is waiting to hear back. Like, I had a client who was like on hold for a project and we thought it went to another actor. And then like three weeks later, it's like, oh, the other actor turned it down. And like, it went to my client, you know? So with that said, there's just different time periods, you know, that, it, but it's also always good to like, for us to know that we still have to follow up on certain things. Yeah. Sometimes I do feel like, oh, I dropped the ball on a couple of things. I'm like, oh, whoops, I gotta yeah. stay on top of that, you know? Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. yeah. Well, you mentioned social media. <laughs> how much do you feel, how important is it, is really the first part. How, how important is it to, put, you know, the things that you do as an actor on there? Mm-hmm. How important is it to use it as a tool for networking? Just the important ratings of like in terms of the way in which you found it to be successful, helpful or not? Um, It just depends. You know, I, I've been seeing some things about folks asking for followers and, you know, it is what it is in terms of like, I do know they're like social media stars and people who are famous on TikTok and YouTube and uh, Instagram, whatnot, they're all like influencers. But in terms of like the working artists, you just have to be intentional. I don't think you have to post for sake of posting. You know, I think the same way that you're telling stories through your your acting reel and your headshot and all these other marketing materials, you should be telling a story, you know, your Instagram, you know? So I do tell folks like when you are posting, make sure that you're also paying attention to the content. Are you posting a video? Because I've been noticing videos are getting very popular on like Instagram in particular because of TikTok, I think. Yeah. But uh, it's almost like you'll get more traction with certain videos more so than even your pictures, you know? So even just knowing, like understanding how hashtag works, understanding how tags work, and just making sure that you're also like doing the, um, there's a whole like algorithm in terms of certain days uh, during the week or like more busier than others, certain times. So it's just a strange thing in terms of like, 
even just meeting with someone who's also like a consultant, you don't have to do it like in the early phase of your career, yeah. but as like, let's say you're hiring a publicist or let's say you're building momentum on Broadway or doing a tour or I don't know, doing a television show, you may want to work with even a consultant to kind of like coach you on some things because I do think there's actually a way to actually increase your followers on social media. And I think it's always good to, you know, I, I actually like when people have like, you know, they have a huge presence. There's a couple of clients that I had them just like, how do you get 20,000 followers? And like, how long have you been on social media? Yeah. But they just, just know, they know how to work the, the algorithms and they just know how to like post very interesting, compelling content. They also have a lot of engagement. Cause sometimes you see people who have a lot of followers, but they don't really have a lot of engagement. Like, oh, that's actually like a fake thing. Like you either bought your followers yeah. or it's just like, you're not even, you're not even posting things that people are even liking or commenting on. Yeah. But there's some folks I know that like, you know, they have a lot of followers, but they also have people who are like commenting a lot. They're getting like circulation and stuff. Yeah. So I do think it's important. I do like it when people like pay attention in terms of like what they post, what the pictures that they're posting, the videos, and just make sure it's also helping to elevate you. Like I also feel like with Instagram, Instagram also became popular because of celebrities, because like we just want to know like what Beyonce was eating. You know what I mean? <laughs> you know, we wanted to see like Rihanna with her boyfriend, you know? Mm -hmm. So I think it was our way to like, outside of people's talent, we really actually just kind of want to get inside of their life. So I also tell folks like, feel free to also like post things about you as a human, because sometimes I actually, when I'm, when someone will submit to me, I actually will look on social media and be like, oh, let me get a feel of their energy. Let me get a feel of their vibe. There's a couple of people that I'm just like, some of their Instagram was kind of suspect. I was like, mm. yeah. Cause even when you're on the fence, but you see the Instagram, like not my, not my vibe, you know, mm -hmm. not my vibe. You can really get, you can really get a feel of people's like personality and like by the content that they post. You yeah. Know? So yeah. I do think it's important to think about like branding and, you know, everything you also put out there, it kind of stays in social media land. Even yeah. when you try to delete it, apparently things will say, like, especially with Twitter, you delete things and things will come up 10, 15 years. So it's also about like, are you going to be someone who's going to be like controversial or are you posting things that are going to hurt your career? Because a lot of people are also getting fired because of things that they post on social media. I know. Um, so I do think it's important to really think about how you're branding yourself, what you're putting out there. Um, and engaging people in some way. So I do talk to my clients about social media a lot. We actually had um, um, like a social media consultant talk to my clients. We had like a, a Zoom class. Cool. She just talked about all the ways you can kind of like help with uh, social media. Because a lot of them are, don't really like Twitter for some reason, but she's made a comment how Twitter is actually really important because it's also about like targeting certain demographics and, and certain uh, audiences. So there's certain audiences that you'll reach with Twitter that maybe aren't on Instagram. So, yeah. yeah, interesting. That's cool that you provide mm -hmm. that for your clients. Mm -hmm. I feel like what a helpful yeah. also because you're giving everybody's having the same understanding of where you're coming from, therefore, and so you don't have to have the same conversation 17 times or how, yeah. maybe something times with your clients. Yeah, it's also like I told you so, basically. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> you're like, you didn't hear it from me, but you heard it yeah. from them. And now you're listening. Okay, cool, cool, cool. Yeah, understood. <laughs> what about uh, like a personal website? Do you feel like there are certain things that must live on that? Do you feel like it could be as much as just a landing page? Here's your headshot. Here's a little resume click and contact mm -hmm. me here. What yeah, I, I love the resumes. I feel like the resumes, it's like it's a kind of like a one place I can go to see all your materials. Like I like, I'd much rather click on a resume than like click on like eight different links that you're sending mm -hmm. me. You know what I mean? Like not your resume, sorry, your website. Because you can go on your website, I can find your resume on your website, I can find your pictures, I can find your reels, I can find your contact information. So I never with the bio and you get to see also other pictures that people may have outside of their headshot. So you actually yeah. get to see what people actually look like on the website. So I'm always been a big fan of, of websites. Cause I do feel like, see if you're um, submitting to representation, I think it's like we just, we just need more. We want footage. We want to know if people are actually like putting certain materials together. And also like, it shows me that you're also doing the work. Yeah. You know, I had one young girl, like when I first started my company, she had this like 
all her materials just on point. Like she didn't even graduate school yet. Wow. She had a, her website was really fancy that I think she did herself. She had all these reels that she had did because she had like um, a friend that was a filmmaker. I was just so impressed by like the work that she's done, you know, before she even graduated. So yeah. I was like, oh, if she's gonna work like this. Like, oh, she's gonna work hard as an actor, as my client, you know? Yeah. So sometimes there's something about like the way that you put your package together that I'll know, you know, you know, how you're also gonna like approach your acting work, you know, how yeah. you're gonna approach, you know, auditions that I send you. Cause sometimes some people will be excited about, you know, getting these auditions, but you'd be surprised how people turn down, you know, serious regular roles or turn down recurring roles or like wow. something came up, you know, cause, but sometimes I think like some people just don't wanna do the work. It's like, okay, I'm busy doing other stuff. And wow. maybe in their mind, they think like it's probably a long shot, but you just never know when the, the project that you're about to turn down, like that could actually be your shot. You know, mm-hmm. my sister made a comment about, she actually like tried to turn down. She's a series regular on this new show, and she had turned down the audition twice because she was wow. so busy. She's busy. Wow. And it wasn't until like her agent like literally begged her to audition, and wow. she like kept on getting callbacks. She tested, and now she's making a lot of money. She's in Boston, living her best life. Yes. Like, you never know. <laughs> you never know. Do you feel like there is yeah. anything that we did not touch upon, or is there anything that's like on your heart right now that you feel it's important for young artists to hear that we just have not spoken about yet? Um, I would just tell folks about like just take your power back. You know, I just there's something about like they, I don't know. It's almost like they're always thinking about agent manager. But like I get it, I get that it's it's going to be necessary to grow. But sometimes just like get your house in order. You know, before you invite <laughs> people to your house, clean it. Like, make sure your materials are where it needs to be. Like, you'd be surprised how people send me materials and just, like, trying to get an agent manager. It's like, you only have one credit. Hmm. An agent manager with one credit? Because I think we also live in the world that, like, people are, you know, they're digital stars who don't have any credits. But, like, that's a very small percentage of people who are also working with no credits. Mm -hmm. Please still try to build your credits. Still audition. Still get some student films or independent films or theater projects. Like, you still, it's not easy. Yeah. Like I don't, I actually don't even know. Do you want to be with an agent manager who's gonna rep you with one credit? Is that the best you can do? You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Because even now, like I, I, I actually submitted some of my clients to some a few agencies, and some agencies like they just need more, a bit, a bit more credits. You know, they're still yeah. developmental clients. You know, so I just want folks to kind of take ownership and like really like do the work. You know, work on being the best actor they can be. You know, build the resume and not get so caught up with, like I need an agent manager now. I'm like. We'll come to you eventually. Literally, like we see shows, we, we see plays, you know, a lot of different showcases. The right person actually will find you yeah. when you're putting yourself out there. You know, yeah. I have a lot of friends who like did these kind of like web series with like their community and like they got like representation through like, you know, agents looking on YouTube for like comedians. Yeah. So you, you'd, you know, you'd be surprised. But I feel like if you can really focus on the work, I'm not getting so caught up like I need an agent now. You know, I need a manager now. Yeah. You know, yeah. It's a lot about trusting the process and yeah. trusting your process and recognizing yeah. that it's there isn't a one size fits all. And yeah. also, don't give us all the power. Like, exactly. don't give us all the power. You can actually do it and you can actually do it on your own for now. Yeah. yeah. This has been so, so wonderful. And I'm so grateful for your time. I'm also so grateful for the way in which you're just so honest and real about it all. And also from like a vulnerable place of sharing your own personal experience with your own clients and and your your business. And so thank you for being so open and available in that way. And again, for being such an incredible resource and and providing to the community at large so that it supports the community at large. I really mm-hmm. think that's just such a wonderful gift that you're giving everybody. So thank you. 
I appreciate it. Yeah. For anybody who is listening who wants to follow along on your journey or to get these said resources that I keep referring to or to see mm-hmm. these things, what are some of the best ways within your own boundaries, respectfully, for people to reach out and contact and follow? Yeah, I'm also I'm pretty accessible on social media. I would just say if you're submitting any materials, they can go to my website, www.chitalmanagement.com, and they can submit inquiries there. But if you want to follow me, follow what I'm doing. My handle for my personal email, not my personal email, my personal Instagram is chichimanager2020. And then my business uh, Instagram page is chitalentmanagement um, at chitalentmanagement. So yeah, I'm on, this, I'm on all those socials, all the socials. Yeah. Amazing. Thank you so much for being here. Cool. Thanks for having me. It was fun. Yay. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> See what I mean when I said about keeping it real? I am so grateful to Chi Chi for her time and openness about all the things that she discussed in this episode. And it is here for you when and if you need to return to it. With that said, if you liked this episode, please like, rate, follow, and most importantly, review us for our 30th episode anniversary gift. Please do us that favor. If you did not like this episode or any of the others, just let that slide. If you have yet to do so, please follow us on Instagram at Empowered Artist Collective, on TikTok at Empower Artist Collective, and more on our website at empoweredartistcollective.com. If you are seeking some merch, we got you in the show notes. As always, I am so incredibly grateful that you keep on coming back, particularly to celebrate this milestone. And we will be back again next week. Until then.